welcome to the Quietest Moments podcast. I am your host, Sherry Homiyun Myers, and this is a show that's really dedicated to those on a journey of self-discovery and inner peace. My show is all about the quiet moments in life and what have been some of those quiet moments that people have experienced. What have they taught them? The lessons, the insights. There is so much we can learn in the quiet moments of life if we just listen. So this is going to be the type of show that's going to expand your mind in so many different ways and is really going to help facilitate more of your growth on your own personal self-discovery journey. So I say buckle up hit the follow button and enjoy the ride and welcome to the quietest moments. Okay. So on today's episode, I am so excited because Rob Pistor is one of my good friends and he is probably one of the most incredible men's coaches that I've had the opportunity of meeting. And I absolutely love learning from Rob because he's so insightful. This is someone who you're going to learn so much from. And what I love about Rob is he's authentically himself. And I remember when I first met him, it was through a meetup group. I used to host personal development meetups at my house and Rob showed up for one of them. And immediately when you meet this man, you know, there's something special about him. He is a writer. He is a speaker. He is a coach that has helped so many men throughout different parts of their life, really to remove any type of emotional blocks and to really live out their best life. And so our conversation today was incredible. I'm just so excited for you guys to meet my friend, Rob Pistor. Okay, Rob, I am so excited to have you on. Welcome to the Quietest Moments podcast. Hi, Sherry. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to be here, and I'm very excited for this podcast. I feel like it's been a, a long time coming for you. I've been waiting for this moment. I always saw your incredible power and potential, so this is uh, super exciting. Oh, so amazing. Thank you for that. And Rob, I, I'm so excited to learn a little bit more about you. So maybe you can start off by telling us a little bit about your journey to where you are today. Sure. I'd love to. So my name is Robert Joseph and I'm a men's coach, right? Which sometimes I tell that to people and they don't even know men's coaches exist, right? So it's a life coach. It falls under the umbrella of life coaching, but I, I only coach men, Sherry. And the reason I do is because I saw a great need for this. I saw a lot of men struggling with the burden of life, whether it's providing, whether it's being in relationships, financial health, mental health even, but it was all done in silence. And I said, you know, look, we're all human and we all need coaches. But from my own experience, uh, I want to coach men because of my own journey. And a lot of it, really the basis of it, Sherry, is bringing men back to their hearts, right? Having, just guiding men to go inward and get in touch viscerally with who they are, right? With their body, with their emotions, with their heart, with their soul, what their calling and purpose is. And it's such a foreign idea to a lot of men, believe it or not. When you look at the self-help industry, for example, most of the consumption, and it's probably a $12, $13 billion industry, is done by women. It's always been and it continues to be. So men don't usually reach out when they're struggling. They usually struggle in isolation. And I saw that because I did that myself. So the short story for me was, you know, I grew up in a, uh, a good family. My parents are still together for 45 years. 
Um, but there was some chaos in the home, right? My sister was adopted and she had some pretty deep psychological identity uh, issues. And my father was a correction officer at Rikers Island. And I believe, I, it took me a long time to realize this, he may have some PTSD from that, right? So he was a man that was put into this really outrageous uh, environment, violent environment in the 70s and 80s where there was no rules at Rikers Island. And he came home from that and he came, he came into a household that was chaotic because of my sister and my mother trying to contain it. So as a result, I just seen my, I, my father was present physically, but emotionally it was as if he just glazed over. I, I felt like I didn't know him, right? I, don't, I didn't feel his touch. I didn't feel his words. He just dealt with it by shutting down. So you can imagine what happened to me, right, as I got older. And unbeknownst to me, by the way, which is the most dangerous part because I wasn't in touch with my emotions, I go from relationship to relationship and I just never felt anything. I was numb, you know, in conversation sometimes. I was numb in the bedroom sometimes. I just didn't feel anything. I would go around and be like, what do you mean you fell in love? Is that a real thing? I questioned it my whole life. And I just realized that I had, I had just done the same thing my father did. So in short, men lie, right? We lie to ourselves and we lie to each other. And we've been doing this since locker rooms. We lie about our anatomy. We lie about our prowess in bed. We lie about our number of conquests, right? But we also lie about things that are far more dangerous. Men don't cry, for example, right? Get up and get yourself back in the fight. You get hit, hit back. So what happens is we create this rebellion to anything that we deem feminine. And for hundreds of years, men have considered emotions feminine. So why would we then face them or express them, right? They get bottled up, they get repressed, and then eventually they'll come out in things like anger and violence and addiction. Amazing. And when you think about some of the biggest struggles that you've personally faced, Rob, what has that looked like for you? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. For me, it's always been around relationships. I think we all come into this lifetime with a, a major lesson that we have to learn. And because of what happened to me as a child, I just wasn't connected to my heart whatsoever. I was a good man, always been, but not good at being a man, right? So I wasn't able to really show up in a relationship and feel the sort of dichotomy that you want in that relationship, that, that feeling of love, that feeling of openness, of connection. It just never existed for me. But what I did was I'd always create problems, right? And a lot of us, this is not a gender thing now. We all, a lot of us do this is, we self-sabotage, right? Because we don't feel self-worth, worthy. In my case, yeah, I didn't feel self-worthy because I didn't feel like I was properly loved maybe by my father, but also because I never learned how to love properly, right? And for men, this is a common thing. I never learned how to be a man. There was never an indoctrination, right? I didn't grow up in some tribe in the Amazon where they'll put you out in the woods for months, right? There was no formal procedure for me. So I didn't know how a man would operate in a loving relationship because I never really witnessed it, right? So relationship after relationship after relationship, all my friends are 
having families and moving on with their lives. And I'm just sort of like always confused by this concept of love. And I've read books and I've racked my brain about it, right? And what I realized is all I needed to do was drop into my body, right? Really connect to myself and to my higher power and my divinity within and say, what's the truth? Which is the ultimate question that I ask my clients, right? Because when you think of, you know, promiscuity, for example, right? That's just an acting out of something, usually, in most cases. Um, It's a front for what we really want. And I believe we all want the same thing. I think we all desire love and connection. And a lot of times when we look at our actions, it's just a manifestation, sometimes a destructive manifestation, of what we really, really want deep down, right? And that was me. That was me bouncing around from woman to woman, and realizing that it wasn't the truth. It was ego and it was confusion. And what I really wanted to, was to be loved. And when you think of how communication, like as you were talking and I was just visualizing you growing up and like being on, an inner child, right? It's like us as a child going back there, yet we're an adult. So we're grown up in this world, but we still have this child who is still trying to figure out how to be loved. When you think about, Rob, how communication and, and how that played into your own personal journey to discovering your self-worth and your self-love, did you notice that you went from being um, more reserved to more open or even you know, quite the opposite? What did that look like? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting reflection for me, right? Because I couldn't even say the word love. I don't think I said I love you to another human being for 40 years. I, really, I think it's been about, I think it was 40. Even now, I say it to my parents, right? And it's like, this feels new. It still feels new, right? Uh, and to say it to a woman, I used to joke around when I was engaged, I, would, I, I wouldn't be able to say the word love. I would make a joke around it. It was a defense mechanism, my sense of humor, right? So now what I'm finding is that I'm much more open about what I desire and not being ashamed of saying, right? I, I want to be loved. I want to give my love to someone. I want to start a family. I want to do this, right? Speaking from a heartful truth, from a soulful truth, right? And not thinking that it's, um, what's the word? You know, like, it's like the old adage, right? With ball and chain or the weddings that men pretend they don't want, right? Mm -hmm. The big ceremonies. When the truth is, you know, I hear my friends complain about it today and I'm like, you're lying. You would be devastated if you didn't have your wife and children. So just be grateful, embrace it, and be honest with yourself, right? So when we start speaking from this place of honesty and start seeing that side of ourselves and other people, I think what you get back is really amazing. Once I, I think alignment is a big part of this, and you and I have talked about this before, right? We believe in a higher power in a big way. And just because we want something doesn't mean we're going to get it, right? We have to be completely aligned with it. If I really want love, but I'm still acting in my ego, God's going to give me tests. He's not going to give me my, my rest of my lifetime lover, right? So I had to align. I had to stop the poor habits. I had to stop the frivolous dating, right? 
I had to stop the bad addictions like pornography and other things. And I just went inward. And what happened to me, Sherry, was incredible, right? So my intention in 20, this was very recent, in end of 2019 was drop me into my body. This is what I said in my meditative practice every day. I want to get out of my head and into my body, and I don't know how. And all of a sudden, the universe started sending me people, bodywork practitioners that were doing deep emotional fascial release, breathwork practitioners that were getting me to a place I've never been before, right? And all of a sudden, my, some, some would call this kundalini awakening, whatever term you want to use, my body just started convulsing. It started releasing trauma and energy that I didn't know was there. And I was purging for a long time. I was crying and I was releasing all of this, these memories that I forgot. I didn't know they were there. They were all coming to the surface. And all of a sudden, day by day, my body started getting lighter and lighter. And, and my message from a coaching perspective, just to bring it back, I am just a guide, right? You can come to me, but ultimately what I'm doing is bringing you back to yourself, because I've been to every workshop you could imagine. I've been to Tony Robbins. I've been to Landmark. I've been to every workshop New York City has to offer. But the truth is, a lot of that is hacking the brain, right? It will move the needle. It will give you momentum. But usually, at least in my personal experience, Sherry, I'd bounce back. If you want to make permanent change in your life, you got to get into the body because the body does not lie, right? The mind is malleable. The mind can be changed. The mind is just filled with habits. But deep in your heart and deep in your soul where your purpose lives and where your truth lives, you got to get in that. And I believe people should seek those type of quote-unquote healers or coaches that are going to really guide them back to their higher power and to their true selves, because that's where permanent change lives, in my humble opinion. Mm, I can totally, that resonates with me so much immediately when you talk about truth and how when you shifted that mindset earlier on, how before it was, it was about being more reserved. And it's almost like this social phobia comes over. Like, what do I say? I don't want to say this. I don't really mean it. And then when you, you start to appreciate yourself and love yourself, you start to realize that it's less about what you get, which is so much the approval of others. And you realize that you're here and, and it's okay to speak up. I think so many men have been taught, like you said, these false, you know, preachings of boys don't cry. And so you look at grown men not able to touch, you know, able to get in touch with their emotions and, and that resistance to cry. And I love just hearing about your personal journey and how it's, it's something you practice every day, dropping into your body. Did you find, Rob, that as you were dropping into your body, and it sounded like energetically you were doing a lot of releasing, but when you do your meditation or visualization practice, maybe you can talk to us about how did that start for you? There's some listeners here that are like, you know, they want to start, they want to get more in touch with their feelings, but they're, they're just beginning and they're scared. I'm so glad you're asking these questions, right? Because you and I both have had such 
great results from meditation, right? And I never heard anybody that's like, this doesn't work for me. I've only heard people saying, once I stuck with meditation, it changed my life. That's the only really thing I've heard. If you read like Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss, which is this just catalog of wildly successful people, 95% of them meditate every day. So this is not hocus pocus, right? Let's, mm-hmm. let's start there. But yes, you know, my practice has evolved. I, used, I started very small, which is perfectly fine. If you sit down for a minute, 60 seconds, and breathe from your belly and just sit there. And it's not about, here's the misconception. People say, I can't meditate. My mind is always racing. It's not about being able to meditate. It's about sitting, observing your thoughts, witnessing your thoughts, not judging, just seeing what comes up, right? And most importantly, in my view, being present with your body, right, which we never do. We're all shallow breathers, especially in New York City. We never really give our body the attention we, that it deserves. So for me, it starts with gratitude, right? I think gratitude is a superpower. It's like if you go to a party, right? If I go to one of your parties and you make a cheesecake and I'm going, Sherry, this cheesecake is unbelievable. And I'm going on and on about it. And you're going, oh, stop, Robert, with cheesecake, right? And you're laughing. At the end of the night, if there's cheesecake left over, what are you going to do? Most likely. Come to you with it. Yeah, you're going to probably be like, you know what? Take the cheesecake home. You loved it so much. That's how I think life works, right? The more grateful we are for the people in our lives, for the circumstances in our lives, the more of that we will get, right? So gratitude to me has been absolutely tremendous. It works incredibly well, and it makes you feel good, right? Because we do have things to be grateful for always, even when things don't appear to be that way. And then I start asking for the things that I need, right? We all have struggles in our lives. None of us are perfect. So I knew that there's no coincidence that I'm a 40 plus year old man and I'm single and I've had a series of relationships that didn't work and I've always been the one to break it off. I started seeing the pattern of my life and I asked God to break that pattern. And I just said, give me the strength to be more open. Drop me into my body. Show me what I need to do. Fight my resistance. Bring me people that can help me open my heart and, re- and release the armor attached to my heart, right? So I would ask for the things that I need. And it's amazing how, how the universe will send you people immediately. It's almost, it's kind of scary. But all of a sudden, people are introducing themselves to me, and I'm going, who are you? And they go, oh, I do body work. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> right? So, so there's a communication there. So for me, meditation is, yes, I'm going to sit in silence, and I'm going to pray. But then I also, I'm sorry, I sit in silence first, And then I pray. To me, it's all the same, right? It's my communication with my higher self. And I'm just checking in with myself and making adjustments as I need to. Do I still do the physical stuff, Sherry? Yeah, of course. I write my goals down. And I'm not saying going to a Tony Tony Robbins workshop isn't great because I got tremendous value. But it's a combination of the physical and the metaphysical. And a lot of times we, we do just the physical work and we expect results, right? Because we don't get what we want. We get what we are. We're going to attract what we are. And if we're not aligned, we're going to start meeting people that perhaps are also not fully there. And that's okay. That growth happens there as well, right? But when we truly align, 
I think we start getting the results that are just unbelievable. I'm at a point in my life now where I'm like, finally, I get it. I get it. But if I didn't do all that work that I talked about earlier, I still think I'd be in that cycle, that feedback cycle. Hmm. Yeah. So it, it sounds almost like that behavioral change is starting with the inner shift first, starting with gratitude. You can't be angry at something and, and also be grateful for it. I feel like gratitude and that expression of love is so powerful. And even like you said, even amongst the most difficult times, death and tragedy and betrayal, and even just looking at abuse and trauma, right? Like as a child, I think when you can grow up and you can take this journey inward and be gentle with yourself and see through a lens of innocence, it's, it's incredible. And when you think, Robert, about your journey, let's say, and the lessons, I mean, you've given me so many lessons already, but the key lessons that have really been instrumental in your life, what's that look like? Mm. Key lessons I learned. I mean, look, I don't want to sound cliche, right? And if you asked me 10 years ago, I wouldn't say this because I'd be afraid of uh, um, sounding less of a man. And, but this is why the work I'm doing. Everything is about love. That's, that is it. At the end of the day, if you are a loving person, right, with yourself and with others, um, everything else doesn't matter. You create a container around yourself, right? And when there's chaos in the world, and obviously <laughs> today's a perfect day that illustrates chaos, right? When you have that incubator of love around you, even if you're not, even if you don't have a family, but you have a community and you have your friends and you have your own relationship with your spirituality, when you're, I think when you're just radiating love, right, life opens up to you. And it's just amazing how that happens because we all know people that are stuck in a perpetual cycle of anger and resentment. And it's like, well, you know, at some point we've got to take personal responsibility because we're either a magnet or a repellent. And loving people are magnets. And that's just the truth. When you're open, dogs are going to approach you, animals, babies, you know, women as men, you'll, all of a sudden you'll become a magnet. But when you fear something or you're bitter or angry, and this is something that's happening in the men's community, Sherry, right? A lot of men are, you know, we're, we're at a pretty high divorce rate right now. And most divorces are actually initiated by women statistically. So a lot, there's a lot of men out there that did not ask for this, right? And they're, they're stuck in custody battles and whatnot. And I get it. It's not a perfect system. However, the bitterness that they develop, the calluses that they develop over their hearts as a result, have them so closed off from having another relationship that they don't even realize it. Right. And this is what I mean by that. Life is going to happen. Things are going to happen to us. But if we shut down our bodies and we decide in those moments to stifle our emotions, to close our hearts, We'll never hear the whispers of our soul, number one, and we'll never be able to dust ourselves off and get the life that we truly desire, right? Because there's going to be peaks and valleys, but we got to stay open. So I think that's the number one lesson I learned is we all need to love. It's not a, a lot of what's going on out there in the men's work is confusing people. So have you, you, I'm sure you've heard a lot about the divine masculine and the divine feminine, right? Mm -hmm. 
And that's those are energies within all of us, right? So it's not gender specific. And I get that. But when men go to, say, a retreat for a weekend, and, and I've done this in California at Esalon, and they say, so we're all going to leave here after three days together, and we're all going to awaken our divine feminine. <laughs> men still can't get around the fact that, what do you mean I have to be more feminine, right? So we got to watch the language there and just say that we're human beings, right? Yes, we have the masculine and feminine energies, yin and yang, whatever you want to call it. But the truth is love is universal. Men can love as well as women. We haven't so consistently in the past because we weren't taught how. I'm a prime example of that, right? We're taught to fight. We're taught to react. We're taught to compete, right? We're taught to be active, but we're not really taught how to go inward. We're not taught how to connect with ourselves. We're not taught how to speak from a place of love, right? So this becomes, it becomes an epidemic in a way. I don't know if you've heard of a term called alexithymia, the Greek word, but it's an inability for men to express feelings or emotions in words. American Psychology Association claims that 80% of men suffer from this. It's an epidemic. So this is why I'm doing this work. And there, for the women that are listening, there's good news. There's a revolution happening. It really is happening. And it's pretty new, right? You, you ladies have been doing this work for a long time. But we're catching up, you know. And for the last 20, 15 to 20 years, there's been an awakening. And I'm, I'm really excited about men being more conscious, right? I'm more excited about men being better fathers so we could break the cycle. And I'm more excited about men embracing spirituality. I think that's a huge part of this tipping point that's happening in the world. We need men to come along for the ride. Yeah. I think so much even of like what you said with feelings and how men are so used to reason and, you know, fixing mm. things and mm. really bring like rationalizing about things and making a rational decision. And then women are much more in touch with their feelings. They're used to making decisions from how they feel versus how they think. And so when I think about, and I have so many men in my life that are going through this phase where they are either recognizing their own lack of self-confidence they're getting beat up in marriages. And what I mean is they're having their spouses cheat on them or, or things are happening where their communication is breaking down in a loving relationship. And now these people are finding, men are finding themselves back on the dating scene and yet they have no self-confidence and they don't know how to express to women how they feel. And they don't, and they've, it's so fascinating to me because then I also think of, the man who still feels like that child and they're scared to express how they feel because maybe they were made fun of or bullied or humiliated because mm -hmm. of how they felt. So maybe you could talk to us a little bit about um, not necessarily the lessons, but what you have really seen. I know you coach so many different men, but what have been some of those key issues that you've helped people through? Yeah, and you're 100% right, you know, what you're saying, right? If I had a, a group of five 12-year-old boys in front of me and I said, which one in the group is a sissy, right? I'd create a war amongst them because they would do anything to defend themselves from that title. So, yes, 
you know, all these things as a, as a youngster, if you cried on the football field, right, you became a target, right? If you cried and your father saw you in many cases, your father would, would shake that out of you one way or another, right? And he'd give you a, a quick lesson, boys don't cry. I mean, it's very common. So what you're saying is exactly true. And to your point, your inner child, we're, we're just grown-up versions of ourselves, as, as simple as that sounds, right? Our outer body grows, but our inner body doesn't, right? We still need love and affection and touch. So, yeah, so now we're these grown-up boys going out on dates, and a woman is pouring her heart out, and she's expecting us to pour our heart out or talk about our deepest desires, and we cannot connect because we haven't learned properly or we learned the wrong way, right? And it's a problem because, first of all, how do you form real connection, right? When I was in my younger, lower consciousness days, I'd look at the divorce rate and I'd go, why would I ever get married? This seems like a broken system. The truth is, I believe a lot of it is this. It's, we always talk about communication and it sounds cliche, but there's levels to communication, right, Sherry? Like, you know, when people say to me, I haven't had sex with my wife in, you know, X amount of months or years, I say, well, then take that off the table and create intimacy. Do you know what intimacy is? And I get confused looks, right? Create a sacred place, usually in the bedroom, light some candles and have a conversation as you look into each other's eyes. It's not about intercourse. It's about creating intimacy. And men don't know how to do that. They don't even know how to define intimacy. They think it's sex. Right. So we've been performing an act for so long or we've been witnessing an act for so long through our poor habits like pornography that we forgot what it means to connect on a soul level. Right. So it really goes back to what we were saying is how do we connect men to themselves so they could connect with other people? How do we relearn the process? And by the way, for the guys listening, there's tremendous power in emotion. Right. I'm, you know, you and I have done sales for a long time. And everything is sales. How do I move people without emotion? Right? How do I close somebody without emotion? How do I give a speech without moving? If I go to a movie, right, we leave a movie and we're crying or we're scared out of our minds, we were moved. And the only reason we were moved is it evoked an emotion out of us. Right? So there's so much value to being able to get back in touch with with that emotionality and there's power in it too. There's nothing to be ashamed of. It's human. In fact, and I'll, the last thing I'll say on this point is, you know, there's a book called Raising Cain about boys and how they're raised. And there's a statistic in there that says, boys and girls do not cry on different levels. In fact, little boys, infants, cry slightly more than little, little infant girls. Right. So what does that tell you? This is not gender specific. It's a human privilege to have emotion. It gives us warning. It gives us pleasure. It allows us to really indulge in life's experiences. Right. If you go to a concert, you're not thinking about how great it is. You're feeling the music, the experience. If you go to a beautiful beach, it's the feeling that you're getting from being on that beach. We must drop into our body. Otherwise life is just going to pass us by. Yeah. And I can just imagine someone who is scared to get in touch with their feelings, how much of a denial of love that is because energetically, 
it's just energy that sits there and it's stagnant and it, it doesn't get moved. And that energy just works up in the body. I think of it like us stacking bricks from our childhood up to our present moment. And then we arrive and without the inner work, like you've talked about, um, it, people get overwhelmed and they revert back to old behaviors and whatnot. For you, Rob, I know you mentioned one book, but were there any people that were part of your journey or even any resources that were really instrumental for you? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's some public figures that are really good that do men's work. There's a, a gentleman named David Dita. You know, he sort of uh, has the Bible for men's work called The Way of the Superior Man. It really is about spiritual aspect of it. It was the first time someone really introduced it in a powerful way. John Wineland was one of his uh, key apprentices who does a lot of great work. And then just the men, you know, I, I'm part of men's groups locally. You know, every man is doing great things. Mankind, you can look these folks up. Um, and then just the men that I've met through, through these men's groups that are so conscious and so open and so willing to do the work to save their families, because sometimes it comes down to that, Sherry, right? These guys want to be good fathers and they're struggling, but they want to, right? All these men are well-intended. And even when we read the news, right? And that this term toxic masculinity gets thrown around. I don't like that term because it does perpetuate the problem in my mind, but there is a problem, right? That's happening. Even those men, right? I believe this deep down in my heart are severely wounded. The men that are acting out with mass shootings, right? Cause there's been 383 mass shootings in the last couple of years in the U S and 382 were men, right? Uh, the suicide rates are mostly men in this country. Heart disease, we die younger, right? All, like you said, this builds up in the body and it creates physical ailments and, and, and death that kills us. This repression of emotion kills us, right? So, you know, I, I just think it's, it's very, very critical for men to rely on each other. In a tribal community-like setting, we have to lean on each other, right? Because... <laughs> Our women are waiting for us and we can't rely on you all the time. We can't rely on our wives and our girlfriends, right? We have to, we have to find men that are, that might be in the same scenario that are struggling with the same things. That's how the work gets done. And I promise you it's happening. And there's a revolution that's, there's an underbelly of men and it's, this revolution is real and I'm very excited to be part of it and see where this goes, but I'm very optimistic. I am too. I think about the woman revolution that's going on, just speaking as a woman and, and women finding their voice. I think the same thing is going for men, you know, especially I think we have to look at mental health and spiritual health for men. It can't just be, you know, one side, we're only focusing on the women and the girl power. I think there's such a need for men that are drowning within that feel like they can't turn to anyone because they don't know how to communicate and express to people that they're struggling. And it's, it's really about confidence building. And I love your work, Rob, because you help people, not just women, not just men, you help people build the confidence back within themselves to know that they're worthy you send them on the journey inward so that they realize there's nothing on the outside that they have to do or achieve, right? All, all of the validation we have has already been given to us. And if we can just remind ourselves that on a daily basis, 
then I think you're right. We're going to see this just get bigger and bigger because more conscious people are going to, they're going to show up, right? Some people are trying to show up, but they're, they're still standing in that room with their eyes closed. And the more you just help guide them, I feel like that's when we start to open our eyes a little bit and we're like, wow, there's so much more to relationships. She talks about intimacy. Ah, beautiful. Like there's so much more to communicating. And even just like you mentioned earlier, where you felt numb in your relationships, there's a lot of people listening who are probably in that same boat where they're like, dude, I don't, I don't feel anything. Like I can't cry. I can't express emotion. And it's a journey. So I think, you know, before I let you go, Rob, where can people find you? And maybe you can just cover um, the specific areas of work that you specialize in so people will know exactly how they can reach out to you. Absolutely. Thank you, Sherry. So, yeah, you can find me on uh, the typical social media channels, right? Facebook, uh, Robert Joseph Coaching, RJ Coaching NYC at Instagram, or you can find me at the website, uh, robertjosephcoaching.com. And yeah, I mean, I have a, a process called NSM. It's nature, spirituality, masculinity, right? And it's really about, like you said, it's for someone that's not even curious about spirituality, I probably wouldn't be a fit, right? And I, I haven't found too many people like that. I think that's inborn in us. So even if you're at the early stages of curiosity, it's a good thing, right? As we talked about meditation. But getting in touch with nature, right? So being outdoors so that you can get in touch with your true nature, there's tremendous lessons there. So a lot of what we talk about is drawing parallels to us and some of the other species and all the wonderful landscapes of the world and how everything is connected, as I, I know you could relate to. The spirituality aspect and then, the, and then redefining masculinity, right? So really sitting down and having a conversation of what were you told, okay, and what's the truth? Not the truth for me, but the truth for you. And really untangling that, right, so that we could press the reset button and then we could start designing the life that these men really want, right? And, and that comes from that inward and outward process, come getting married together in a beautiful way. And, that, and the, the reason why the work that you and I are doing is so important in my view, Sherry, and this is the last thing I'll say, is I believe that the universe is bringing these people together, right? So when you become aligned and you be, become really connected with your higher self, you will attract someone on that same realm. And when two people could come together and do this work together, the growth on this planet, the consciousness rate that that's getting raised accelerates on a very, very high level. And that's what I'm seeing happening. So it's, it's very powerful because we, these are the type of relationships that's going to reduce the divorce rate from 55% downward. I, I believe that can happen. Let's break these patterns, these destructive patterns. Let's not go into relationships unaware. Let's not go into relationships unequipped, right? Let's align and let's form relationships that will change the world. Mm, I love that. And Rob, it's been so amazing to have you on the quietest moments podcast what would you offer our listeners as any last words you know i, I said a lot today <laughs> um I, I would just say first of all i want to thank you for this opportunity I, I really thought um this felt i felt your presence in creating space for me so so thank you for that and for everybody out there listening i mean wherever you are right 
understand that it's temporary. So if you are struggling right now, this too shall pass. You know, as I look out the window and I see everybody indoors with this coronavirus, even as real as it might be at the moment, we know it's going to pass. We know that for sure. So whatever you're struggling with, just accept it, right? And know that you'll get out of that hole. And there's people out there that care and there's people out there that love you. And there's people out there that can really help you find permanent shifts. Reading a book is great and that could help. But find people that are going to guide you back to yourself because you have all of the answers. And that is Rob Pistor, everybody. I loved my conversation with Rob. And clearly you can tell his personal self-awareness is so beautiful. I think it's really powerful for a man to acknowledge how they feel, to be able to manage their emotions and not put this hard exterior shell on. And what's fascinating is you heard it yourself with Rob's journey. He wasn't always this you know, totally self-aware person. It's been his journey, his own self-discovery of his power. And I just love that he's really putting himself into service and helping other men and other people really find their own power too. So if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you're following the Quietest Moments podcast, and I will talk to you again soon.